When does the pain never end? When do the tears stop from running over? When does your get or begin? I hear what you're saying, but I swear that it's not making sense. So when can I see you? When can I see you again? And when can my heart beat again? When can I see you again? And when can I breathe once again? And when will I see you again? Little baby face for you all. You all Kenneth know. You know we're like low key Edmonds. baby face stands over here. Y'all know it. <laughs> Kenneth Edmonds. A pioneer, a legend, a yeah. staple. It is in in, in musicality. Absolutely. Yeah. And Absolutely. praise the Lord, niggas. Each and every all one right, of you. every day, all day. <laughs> I hope that you're all doing well. I hope that you're safe and you have what you need. Welcome back to Getting Grown, where we will once again journey into the ghettos of adulthood, the very worst hood we've ever endeavored to live in. The get. And we are here. How are you, sis? That's what Santana calls it, the get. I'm good. Um, we, I am exhausted, <laughs> as wiped. I know you are. I mean, wipe clean. As I know Franiqua is. Wipe because clean. we have been busting ass uh, together and individually. Correct. Um, Correct. As you all hopefully saw this week. And if you didn't, we're going to talk a little bit more about it in the kitchen table. But I am grateful. I do have a little story to tell you about your niece, though, because yes. she crack, you know, she cracks me up in an open mouth kind of way. So um, she's home all last week because she was not feeling well. OK, uh, she had her allergies turned into a cold. And with the times that we're living in, I'm not the mom who's going to send her to school like that. Fair. So did the test, took the temperature, did all of that. She was, you know, negative, but it's just like, you know, sniffles. I'm, I'm just not doing it. Yes. So she's home with me all week. So that's a balance. And then um, so I, one, one day I was like, all right, you need to clean your room. I was like, when I like clean your room right now, you got auntie dresser and shit all over the place. Like clean your desk off, make a space for yourself where you can read comfortably. Like and you're going to do this. I'm not going to do this. Mm -hmm. I usually do the big organization, big overhaul cleans and then make her maintain her room. But in this one, I was like, no, you're going to do this because yes. you got it like this. So she's in there and she gets in her bag. She turns on her little iPad. She's organizing her desk. It's taking hours, but that's fine. It's kind of what my setup was. So she comes out and she's like, mommy, come look at my desk. It looks great. And she's like, um, can I decorate my desk? She's like, it's just white. And I was like. I mean, it's a piece of furniture. Like, you can decorate your room. You can do all kinds of stuff in there. Right. She was like, Mommy, Beyonce said, we don't like plain. <laughs> so I just want to express myself and decorate my desk. And I said, 
Beyonce said what? I said where she said that. I just wanted to see where, where the reference, her re- what she said the reference was. She said, she said, we don't like plain, always dreamed of paper plates. And I was like, you just used the lyric as a reference quote for me. I'm going I'm to let you rock. You know what? You draw all over that motherfucking desk. I do not care. <laughs> Live your free life, black child. Wow. Ace have Noah, ladies and gentlemen. Yo, that kid is funny to me. Do you hear me? Jade is raising herself. Ooh. I am. It's crazy. It's wild to see it play out in (laughs) real time. God bless my mother. And God bless the child. But to see, yes, to see (laughs) this in like play out is like the wildest thing. It really is. Like and and the crazy, you know, I look at other people whose kids look just like them. Yeah. And I'm like, man, that's crazy. Like, was you know, it's kind of wild to look up and say and see that your child literally looks nothing. I mean, when I say nothing like you, me and Noah do not look alike. We have certain facial expressions that we make the same, Agreed. but we don't look alike. I think, well, similarly, um, I don't think it. I did not think I started looking like my mother till I got grown. Also that. Also but, that. It is not, I don't think that, no, you and Noah do not, y'all don't look alike, but you, it is evident that she is yours. Exactly. Um, and I feel and I like think that in she personality. has a lot of your mannerisms and mm-hmm. a lot of the way that she just is, is a very much a reflection of you. Yeah. Yeah. I would take that. I'll take that. And that, that is um, frightening. It's wild. <laughs> It's wild. I don't think that now I'm starting to see similarities in my my face and my mom's face as it relates to our bone structure and our skin Mm -hmm. tone and those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. But it's really wild. Like sometimes I'll catch myself walking into a glass door or I'll see my reflection Mm -hmm. in the window of the store as I'm walking in and be like, God, that's Rhonda. Walking Ooh, up this street, you said, I tell you when you truth. said the way you hold your purse, it's the way that I hold my purse. Sometimes I'll be writing, and the way that I hold a pencil, it's like, whoo, that's Rhonda's hand, not mine. Like, I was with my dad. That's and wild. I, I pulled out some Clorox wipes, and I was like, "You need to wipe the steering, steer, wipe the steering wheel off." And then we had come from, and I was like, put some hand sanitizer. He goes, "God, you are your mother," and I was like. <laughs> I'm like oh my god, I am. So Do you know crazy. my mother was the very first person? ever that I've ever known like and not because she's my mom like in society and looking at people around me because I've always been very observant my mother is the first person I've ever known to have wet ones like actual on her person like when wet ones didn't have travel, travel packs she and they came in canisters yes she carried a canister she where carried you pulled the them tub. out like the tub <laughs> the tub yes. of wet ones <laughs> and my mom has had wet ones since wet ones existed like they came out somewhere in the 90s and she had wet ones but there are and very much things in like the things that even the things that i carry in my purse yes like you know and mm-hmm. the way that my purse is situated I'm a big purse girl sometimes. Now I'm getting mm-hmm. much more accustomed to carrying little clutches, yeah, little wallets, especially yeah. since, yeah. you know, Apple Pay, all these things. Like I don't carry as much. But when I do carry a bag, I carry a bag very much like my mama in that my bag is just, 
it's just a, it's just many smaller pouches and bags within my bag. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there's like the medication pouch and yeah, the feminine pouch that contains mm-hmm. all things feminine. Mm-hmm. And then there's a pencil pouch. And then there, like there's, you know, yes. it's just a small. And that is very much like my mama. And my mama was the person, you know, in church. If, you know, people would sit. Go over there and ask Miss Rhonda for a, a a safety pin. Go over there and ask Miss Rhonda for a bobby pin. Go over there and ask Miss Rhonda for a Q-tip. Like <laughs> anything that you needed, ask your mother. Th- tell her to reach mm-hmm. into her bag and get her sewing kit. I need to put a button mm-hmm. back on my blouse. Mm-hmm. It was always that. My mama had yep. like, you know, CVS, Dwayne Reed. It was always in her yep. purse. And I'm very much becoming that person. When we when we were oh, shooting Boots. And um, for the for the illuminating intersectionality, uh, Maisie, mm-hmm. shout out to Maisie from a production team. She shout asked, out to Maisie. Shout out to Maisie. She asked me for a feminine product. Like, do you have? I was like, oh, yeah, girl. And I said, go in my bag. It's a little black and white pouch <laughs> with a pink zipper. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right there on the top. You should see it. as soon as you open up the bag. It'll be right there. And she put the bag back and she came to me and was like, I want you to know that everything that I needed was in that pouch. Yes, it was, girl. Did you get everything you need? You need anything else? Between between us, we had everything. Literally all things. He said, oh, my God, does anybody have an iron? I said, I have a steamer. (laughs) (laughs) Eye drops, deodorant. Does anybody have a pencil sharpener? Kia had a hairbrush for me. Absolutely. Anything that you needed. We keep all the things. Let me show you what I bought from my travels. I have this little black pouch mm-hmm. that I keep in my backpack when I travel. And in it, I put my passport or my, you know, my IDs and stuff. This is my travel tissue. Mm-hmm. Um, I usually, this is my converter. Mm-hmm. I usually will have like my charger cord, the plug, you I know, for that. my laptop as well. I need that. My little money pouch, just anything I need. And this, Amazon, I'll send you the okay, link. Okay, please. And it's just a little pouch. If you're on Patreon, you can see it. And it's got two compartments, and it just fits everything I need. So, boop, I can pull that right on now, and it has all the essentials in it. And then you all know how I feel about my Crown Royals. Yes, Jade and has they're a color coded. With when I it do. comes to the, the green Crown one, yes. has all of that, like the antibacterial mm-hmm. and disinfecting mm-hmm. products in it. So that you want to wipe down your seat. That has the Clorox wipes. It's got the wet ones for your hands. Got the hand sanitizer. It also has tissue. And then every bag I have has one little stick of Palo Santo. <laughs> <laughs> you got everything that i have if somebody opens it up they go find one little stick of palo santo it's the truth and you know some of us yeah. i won't name names and some of us have our little snack pouches yeah yeah um yeah. i mean whatever yeah. we need whether it be mm-hmm. you know allergy meds yeah um anything and and especially when i'm traveling i'm absolutely that lady Who's handing out uh, uh, Clorox wipes and things to the other per- Clorox patrons wipes, Sudafed. on the plane? Sudafed. <laughs> Anyone need any? Yeah. Uh, listen, because you've got to take your. If, if you have a sinus issue, it's you might want to take one. Pop a Claritin before you get on this plane. Anybody need? My okay. grandma is a tried and true Sudafed uh, aficionado. And she tells you, do not get on an airplane without Sudafed. I'm not really a medication girl. My ass pops the Sudafed because my grandma said pop the Sudafed because before you get on the airplane. Because when, when the change in air pressure really yep. messes with the inner ear workings. 
Have you ever flown sick? Oh, it's the worst thing ever. I do not recommend oh, it. Oh, sister. Honestly, I had a little cold last week, and I know that I have to do my traveling this coming week. When I tell you I have mm-hmm. been hardcore forcing Ooh. fluids and working through my mucinex so I can get this out of the way because I don't I, I don't want to be on the plane with any sort of congestion issue because no. it is the, the god-awful worst. I flew one time with a like some some kind of sinus situation. Mm-mm. I had to take Dreadful. my cousin to Raleigh, North Carolina, like real fast. Dreadful. I thought my head was gonna pop off Do of my body. I was screw. I I was bawling, crying. Like I was bawling it's like awful. a newborn and on got, the plane. And I've got long flights, so I've got to be mindful yeah. and diligent. Yeah, yes. Oh, you're going back to the Seattles. Going back to the Seattles. Bring me a coffee. <laughs> um, how was your week? That was a very long it introduction. Was. We are we apologize, but welcome to getting grown. Um my week was good. No complaints. Uh just working and getting ready for travels. It uh ashes next week, getting ready for that. I'll be leaving Seattle and going to Ash. Ash is next week. Ash Let me get my bag week. ready. Get your bag ready. <laughs> get your bag ready. Um, and so that is happening. We're also going to to New Orleans next weekend for Latoya's <gasps> birthday. Oh, that's right. I, I, you know what Toya told me on a whim? She was like, come to New Orleans for my birthday. I was like, bitch, I, <laughs> I think it's when we were talking about your birthday. Yes. And I was like, Toya. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I know. I said next year. So you guys have a good time. I have an extensive list. I have a note in my phone. I'm sure you do. That is separated from categories. Um, my Shout out to my Taurus father. Um, and it's se- it's separated into categories of where I'm a happy hour, coffee, food, what kind of food, yes, if you want share. this, if you want that. I will. Yes. I will. I will share. We're coming to the New Orleans, and then I'll be leaving New Orleans and going to Seattle. How exciting. How exciting. So, yes, oh, I'm I traveling. Traveling, traveling next okay. week. Getting ready for that. Just sort of putting things in order, getting things in place. Um, but yeah, yes. last week was a, a decent week, no complaints. Just again, fighting to to get my immune system back where it needs to be. Um, it's coming. My allergies it's too coming. also translated into a sinus situation, a touch situation. of bronchitis. Mm-hmm. And in the words of um cultural icon, I don't remember that lady's name, but ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah, oh, sweet Georgia Brown. Yes. Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> I went downstairs to get me a cold pop. Cold pop. Uh, <laughs> and I done got bronchitis. And ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> ain't nobody got time for that. Um, well, with all of that <laughs> extremely, that 15-minute intro, we have <laughs> we have a, tr- a, a short trash segment to get to. So let's head on over in that direction. Let us do it. Put a little guitar beat to that. Oh, wow. Um, So we have a couple of sad announcements in the trash this week. Uh, First of all, you all know that we have to send love to the family and the loved ones of Takeoff, of the Migos. That 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 really really broke my heart. I was really not good for a little while. That broke my heart. Um, I woke up to a phone call, actually, um, 
because a friend of mine's, a friend of mine had a friend who was there. Um, and so it was just, it was really hard news to wake up to, but it was really, really, really sad to hear that a young man who wasn't even 30 years old, he was 28 years old, um, and a, a young man who stayed to himself. Mm-hmm. It's no secret to anybody who's been listening to me for you know the past several years that with all of the, <laughs> I'm about to sound hella grandma-ish, but with all the young gibberish going <laughs> around, um, I have always enjoyed the Migos. Like, I enjoy this them, you know? Unapologetically, like, I really this do. Me and Tristan went to a <sighs> Migos and Drake concert. Uh, we'll get to that. Um, but we went to that some years ago, and, you know, I've just always, I've enjoyed their cadence. I worked at Sony, actually, when they came over and Versace dropped. Mm-hmm. And I remember hearing that in the office. And that, now I will admittedly say when I first heard that, I said, what the hell is this? <laughs> but <laughs> after that, I really, really, really got into the Migos. And uh, I'm a big fan of Takeoff as a rapper. Um, I think he was, the, I think he was the best rapper of the group, not even going off of the, you know, the different videos and those that are circulating. He just was the most talented of the three. And all mm-hmm. of them are talented in their own right. But he was, and he always stayed to himself. You didn't see him in the mix uh, of everything. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but it wasn't his way. You know, he liked to play the background. He enjoyed kind of just hanging back. And so to see somebody who is minding their business and really just does what they do for the love of it, and they just want to continue through their life as as peaceful as possible, uh, for them to see their, their physical life end in this way is really heartbreaking. So we want to send... A lot of love to his loved ones uh, for this loss. And we want to send a lot of love his direction and wish him a safe journey in his in his passing. Um, Aaron Carter also passed away. I saw that. Um, which is the brother of Nick, Nick Carter, Carter, which mm-hmm. was a Backstreet Boy. Yes. And... He had uh, like a brief stint Aaron, on like Disney Channel. And yeah, well, I was I think he was a Disney kid. Yeah. And um it's just and I know he's had a really rough battle with drugs. Uh so it's it's sad to see that he has also passed away. Um so we're sending his family love uh in this time. Um and then let's let's get on to fuckboy business. Mm-hmm. So a care bear by the name of Aubrey Graham um, is in pop culture news right now for he has an album that that recently dropped a collaboration with Twenty One Savage uh, called Her Loss, um, which does have a picture of a black woman on the front of it um, as his response to. Uh, feminism i don't know um (laughs) but so drake has some lyrics in the album one song i think it's circle loco is what it's called and some of the lyrics include um this bitch lie about getting shots but she's still a stallion he raps on the track she don't even get the joke but she's still smiling um, he also goes on to 
say, uh, talk about, to make references to Megan without saying her name, her educational career. Uh, you know, there have been people who have come to the defense of him because that's what happens in this society and said, well, he wasn't talking about her. He was talking about back ass shots or back shots and, or he was talking about surgery. And I'm like, listen, the wordplay can be as, as phenomenal as it wants to be. And you can listen to the album. And I'm not looking at you and judging you for listening to the album. I think it is okay for us to acknowledge outside of somebody as egregious as R. Kelly uh, I think it's okay for you to acknowledge where you may enjoy something, but also the person did something fucked up. Yeah. It's okay to hold your faves accountable. Absolutely. Uh, as the, I think as we some should. of the memes are saying. There should I be think more we of absolutely that. should. And, you know, whether or not this was wordplay and he meant back shots and ass shots, when you use certain terms and phrases and things like that, you know what kind of response they're going to garner. And you can be doing all the nasty wordplay that you want. You can be a fucking genius with it. But you know that this can be taken multiple ways. And you know part of that is from this, you've been hanging out with this very short monster, this very tiny tyrant. You've hung out with him unashamed since this man has shot this girl in her feet. And you know how stuff can be taken. So whether you meant it this way, you already know what this wordplay is getting ready to do. So why even do it? Why make light of it? If you're so much of a genius, then there's something else that you can put there, no? I really try not to comment on these <laughs> things because the, the facts are, I just don't know a lot about what's going on currently in hip-hop. That's fair. And I'm much <laughs> more... Fair inclined to listen to a song that came out in 2002 than a song that came yeah. out in 2022. That's just who I am mm -hmm. as a person. But also. at the same time, I think that this warrants a conversation because mm -hmm. from my very outside looking in perspective, I just don't understand why it seems that black women are not allowed any grace, any like who, who it, it seems like everyone in the world drags black women for sport for, yep for yep. clout for attention yeah. mm -hmm. and for fun literally for enjoyment mm -hmm. and it's just allowed mm -hmm. because if we um like just look at this comparatively no mm -hmm. black man that's ever been shot was questioned as to who you know, if, if a black man was shot, it was never questioned. Like, was he really shot? Was, no. you know, was the shot in, in intended or you know, was it an accident? Was it on purpose? Who nope. was there? It's ne There's never been any sort of hype or scrutiny around mm -hmm. um, any black rapper that's been shot. 50 Cent got shot nine times. Nobody questioned it. No one said nope. Well, he shouldn't have been there. It was his fault. No one said any of that. Um, 
But Meg has lost her mother. She mm-hmm. has dealt with this whole melee and still continue to make a, a name for herself to to mm-hmm. break barriers, to defy odds, to secure her education, mm-hmm. to open doors. And she don't bother nobody while she's doing ways. all that. And she has not attacked anyone. If anything, she's responded to people who have come for her, but this has been a girl who's literally been minding her business and has had to deal with all manner of life's difficulties. Yep. Grief, loss, all while growing up in a very public stage, in a very public way, sort of embracing and learning who you are, your sexuality, uh, you know, being ostracized for owning parts of yourself that the world wants you to keep quiet and, what I don't understand is why everyone is so insistent and hell bent on yep. like attacking this person's joy. Yeah. Why yeah. is her success something that is perceived as a threat? Questioning her credibility. She had the issues with, uh, I think it's well, 501 flavors or whatever. Um, initially, it's like if if it, and it's always unfortunately black men who are attacking her, cis hetero black men who are coming after her, or uh, or not even just coming after her, but also handling ways and really, really um, what's the word up like with no integrity, right? So these are men who have hung around her. These are men who have called her their sister. These are men who have taken pictures with her. And then these are men who shortly thereafter link up with other men who decide who have harmed her. Yeah. And I mean, that's corny. To me, it gives Drake tried to shoot her shot with Meg. His shot with Meg. She He's always him. given me bitch hurt boy since day one she with every single him for person. For whatever reason. You know, it could be that mm-hmm. she's been in a long, a very public long-term relationship for quite some time. Um, but for whatever reason. And he got in his feelings about it and decided to join the band of niggas that have been dragging her for no reason. And it's giving, like, I'm joining in so that you all, like you said, for clout, I'm joining in so that you all can laugh with me and pat me on my back and I can be a part. Yeah, because who was it? Was it Pusha T? Who was it that gave Drake? Pusha T. Was it Pusha Pusha T that literally came for Oh, you are hiding a child. Literally. That is what Pusha T said. Pusha T called Drake out for hiding a child and he became America's best dad. He uh-huh. turned around and did a complete 180, changed his tune entirely, never addressed or came for nope. Pusha all T. All of a in sudden, we start seeing that fashion. cinnamon Teddy Graham all over the place. Never even responded, not even in, nope. in form of a song. It was nope. not even a, a rap battle. It was not a thing. Nope. He said nothing. Nope. Okay? Nope. Debo literally thing. walked off with his chain. It's true. It's true. And he said no words. Nope. Now I'm he wanna to find... now he wanna like pump bad. You wanna be big and bad and you wanna come for for Meg? How tacky. You wanna come for Meg. He came for Meg, he came for Serena's hu- Serena uh Exactly. And it's like, you niggas sound that's giving like crazy. That's giving like I'm I'm fighting somebody that I know can't fight. You know what I'm saying? Like And I mean like and I'm not what saying, is that man I'm done? not saying Megan. 
I'm not saying she can't rap. I'm not saying she can't defend herself. I'm not saying she can't come after him in a, in a lyrical way. What I'm saying is it's unfair. The way that you came for yes, her was unfair. I totally unfair. believe that Matt, Meg can respond in a lyrical way and eviscerate Drake. Personally, I believe Look, that Pusha that she T should. talked about Drake's mama, daddy, baby mama, producer, his kid, and ruined his Adidas deal. Yet Drake got bars for Megan and Serena's husband. This is what I'm saying. And how is it that we are not supposed to perceive this as an all-out attack on black women? When you come for Serena's husband, all he's ever done was fearlessly love his black woman. Why is that something that is offensive to you? Oh, wait, here's another one. Take Off died and it was nonstop. Rap music encourages violence. You can buy a gun easier than you can buy a book in the black community. Awful takes. Now Drake can mock a black woman for getting shot and experiencing abuse. But let y'all tell it, it's just hip hop. The standards are doubled. And the, I mean, it's just like, my thing is, if y'all gonna be raggedy, at least own it. Stand up in it. Okay? Don't be trying to make mm -hmm. this something that it's not. Just say it. Ooh. Just say it. Well, that's it. the thing. That's the that's the harm with a with a person like Drake because the, the let's be clear. Oh, there's a lot of Drake's oh, walk. There's a lot her. of y'all niggas walking around who try to give off this this good guy persona. You try to give off this this gummy bear persona. Oh, I'm I'm just a package of Albanese. And really, you all are the biggest, most dangerous terrorists because you pretend to be good people. That's literally You pretend the worst. to be caring people. Mm -hmm. in, That's worse In to a semi-related note, over the weekend, against my better judgment, I ventured into the chaos and negativity that is season three of Love is Blind. Oh. And similarly, there mm. is a biracial man in this cast is a biracial who is who seems to have a very very violent um ideologies ideals as it relates to women but again very packaged in this nice uh -huh. i'm so nice uh -huh. and pure and i'm a i'm mm. a brother i love my sister and this or that. And so, you know, I'm just a nice guy. I'm a nice guy. I'm looking for nice things. But as soon as um, women engage him in ways that make him uncomfortable or push him or don't sort of stroke his ego in a particular way, he becomes violent in his language and, and, and very much, uh, you know, just dishonest and sort of like he's made a commitment to this person. You've bought in. You've said that you, you've committed to, to a, a experiment, a social experiment called Love is Blind, which is all about connecting with people, not on the basis of their physical physicality mm -hmm. in any way, but finding right. genuine connections to people's characters and to their hearts. Mm -hmm. And then, mm -hmm. you know, of course, if the first time somebody says something that rubs you the wrong way or something that you disagree with, it's like, well, I know that we said that we're doing love is blind because it's not about the physical, but it's always about the physical and I can't help who I'm attracted to. And so He's with one woman, but feels feels <laughs> validated and like he feels secure enough in his crazy <laughs> to to say like, you know, I know I'm engaged to you, but this woman is the woman I'm really attracted to. And this is Somebody why I mean, look at us. We look like we would be better together. Don't you agree? 
all while Why pulling back. All while pulling back from the person that he's actually partnered with. And when she asked him about it, or better yet, when another another man expresses an interest or see, you know, makes a, a connection with her, it's like he gets defensive. And it's like, oh, you don't want her. But now another man is talking to her and now you're mad. And now it's like, mm. oh, I gotta defend what's mine. It what what? I'll challenge you to a duel over my ego. It's like, it's like there are so, and to me, it always goes back to a larger conversation that we need to have and really think about the ways in which we as men and women are socialized mm -hmm. to sort of perpetuate violence against one another. Yes. And so I will honestly own up to the fact that there are some problematic practices and ideologies and ways that women are taught to sort of regard and engage men. I will own that. There are some very problematic ways that that sort of comes out in practice. It is not nearly mm -hmm. to the degree with which men objectify, no. marginalize, abuse, and our violence against not. women. But I will say that, you know, just for the sake of argument, there are oh, ways yeah. in which society has conditioned us to sort of be evil toward one another. I just think mm -hmm. it's sort of it's it's sort of skewed very heavily um in the name of patriarchy with patriarchy, which is mm -hmm. the sort of larger governing system. There are mm -hmm. ways that men are just permitted to be nasty mm -hmm. to women. And it really just just leaves me with the lingering question of who everybody, you niggas, everybody say they love black women. Everybody says they care about black women. Motherfucking lies. Really protects us. Who really looks out for us and makes sure that we're good? Who among anybody, any of us, is going to actually say to Drake, you know you dead wrong for this. This is corny. Yeah. This is corny. This is corny. This is corny bitch boy behavior. Mad corny. This is not grown. This is not, this don't make you a man. This don't make you a whatever the fuck you think this is. This don't make you look good. And it don't and matter. Just because you, you rich no. and still corny. That's whack. Okay? And and let and let's just call things things. Let's just call things things. Cause you're not getting no, you really not getting no point. First of all, so many black men do not protect black women. Are there a handful that do? Yes. But the but a good vast majority don't understand the ways in which they uphold Especially violent publicly. patriarchal right. uh, 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 ideologies. But Drake is a biracial man with a white mother and a white baby mother up here attacking a black woman. Let's talk about it. Let's call Called things himself a things. feminist because he said he'd be paying you hoes or whatever the fuck he said, like... Let's be clear. This is a biracial man with a white mother and a white baby mother who's going after a black woman. That's all I have to say about that. I don't. I don't Drake. I have said that many times on this platform. I don't Drake. I don't. I don't understand all of the hype that has surrounded him for the pretty much the duration of his career. But I let y'all have it because you know who am I? You know, I just be in the back, not paying him any mind. So I, again, I would say that I don't typically speak about these things, but I just could not, not say anything about this because I'm like, 
I have always enjoyed slandering Drake just because it's a good time. You know what I'm saying? Like the same way that you all love to go after black women. I, I voluntarily, I, I let you, yeah, he really is. You know what I'm saying? When they did that meme where they put his face in boo from monsters and With he's got these little pigtails. And his BBLs. Girl, well, let's, let's, yeah, let's get to child. it. Okay, let's talk about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's talk about 21. <laughs> like, like, let's let's talk about it. But I also don't respect shape-shifting ass niggas either. A, I don't respect nobody with a white baby mother and a white mother sitting up here talking shit about a black woman. Kiss my ass. I don't respect the nigga who sits up here and he's just cheesing all over the place for the sake of getting getting the uh, acceptance of, of other black men around him. And he'll do whatever in order to get that acceptance whatever style emulate whatever style whatever Period. does that mean that drake's doesn't has not had bangers and all kinds of things that i have danced to no i'm not saying that but i'm saying these things are true drake is a shape-shifting ass nigga Period. i don't respect shape-shifting ass niggas he becomes who he needs to be rogue. for the environment Isn't that, that he's who in. in the x-men rogue he'll yes. just be who he needs to be in the moment <laughs> in the moment okay. for whatever it is we that doing this today is, so. bet so Drake, you're corny. You don't get no points for this. You don't get no clout for this. Mad corny, like corny. incredibly corny. corny. It didn't and make Drake, you look good. And I mean, let, I mean, this goes without saying. And this will be the last thing I say because I just don't want to talk about him no more. But <laughs> you wouldn't be who you are without black women. Ain't that huh. something? Hmm. Nigga, would huh. we know you? You don't. Huh. You, you wouldn't be who you are. Wouldn't. Without us, and it's the same Drake. What was that music video where he had Issa and Tracy Ellis Ross? I'm so proud of you. All of this stuff, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm so, I'm so, what I'm happened so, to that? So or what? Or when he was like, "I'm gonna make the anthem for all the ladies for the summer," and da da. Like, get the fuck out of here. You're Please, corny. immediately. Because that's what worked for you in the moment. It's he was probably trying corny. to go after somebody. And you, and so now you're like, oh yeah, this is for the ladies. It's very corny. Now you butt her. Now Just you butt her, and it's her loss. Front wigs, Drake. As his, as his stitched abs, as his. Please, <laughs> okay, Doctor Miami. Please. Even Doctor Miami was like, I'm even Doctor Miami, <laughs> because Doctor Miami knows that he wouldn't be who he is without black women neither. So it would be in his Dr. best interest. <laughs> to be on the right side. To be on the right of, side of, of things. Okay? <laughs> Dr. Miami said, uh-uh, uh-uh, get somebody else to do it. <laughs> okay, you're going to have to find somebody else to do your next mommy makeover, sir, because I'm not doing it. I'm not tolerating this foolishness. It's like when you need some injections into your calves, I won't be the one to do it. Sorry. <laughs> when these pec implants go bad, you need to find somebody else. And I hope whoever's legs he's sitting in between to get his hair braided also cut him off. Listen, I want everybody to cut him off. You're going to have to go down to the supercuts now, Drake. Because we're but not I doing agree. it Somebody no more. said, they said, listen, sometimes it's not about canceling, right? I think somebody like a, like, like I said earlier, somebody like a Robert needs to get the fuck up out of here. Yeah. Bury this nigga deep, deep, deep in the middle of the earth. Yes. But I think sometimes it's not necessarily just about like cancel him and get him out of well, here. Yes, I think cancel I think culture is about, an extreme to me. Yeah, that sometimes no, hold them accountable. The conversation. Yes. Put their feet to the fire yes. and tell them why they're wrong. Cancel culture and accountability are not one and the same. Accountability mm -hmm. leaves space for course correction and contrition. If you really sorry, you recognize and acknowledge that what you've done was wrong and you make steps to change your practice 
moving forward in a way that better aligns with your new insight, your new understanding Thank about you. whatever it was that you had wrong, then that's something mm-hmm. that we can get behind. So it's not mm-hmm. always about, oh, we just canceling this. Because sometimes I feel like cancel culture sometimes can cause us to cut off our nose to spite our face. Some of these people Absolutely. need to be held accountable and given the opportunity to learn better and do better it's not just about oh we just not listening to them no more now people who have proven to be persistently problematic like r kelly like kanye west some of these people is beyond the place where we can have a fruitful productive conversation with you and so we are going to erect boundaries to keep ourselves safe but other others of y'all do better just do better. Like, just do better. And it's okay for us to tell you to do better. That's it. And it's okay for you to say, you know what? That might not have been the best decision. And I acknowledge that that was the L on my part. And I'll take it and I won't do it again. But people's ego won't allow them to do that. And so here we are <sighs> in this perpetual what cycle a of terrible bullshit. time. What a terrible um, time. But I mean, and I said it, and I'll, I have always said it, will continue to say, I do not Drake. And I especially <laughs> will not be draking now. Period. <laughs> I mean, no. That tragic mulatto. Please get him from around. Me. <laughs> it's a sturdy no for me. It is. It is. <laughs> been, though. It been. But now I'm just like. I and I like 21 Savage. I'm not gonna hold you. I do. I like 21 Savage. I'm disappointed because now you've tainted, you know, my listening experience. And I don't I don't think I wanna do this. I haven't done it and I don't think I want to. So but I will hold your feet to the motherfucking fire. <laughs> you better believe if I ever lay an eye on Aubrey. Somebody I'm needs to this is what I'm saying. Like this is when in our culture. It was aunties and uncles and just pillars in the community that would say, listen, come here. Let me talk to you for a minute. Come here for a sec. Come here for, come, let me step outside with me for just one second. Take a walk with me. Take a ride with me for a minute. I want to, let me bend your ear about a couple of things. (laughs) But we've lost that. I feel like this generation, we've lost that. And I, I'm trying to get it back. Trying to get it back. And there are ways that I'm trying to sort of hold on to that cultural practice. But it's hard. And sometimes they're we productive figure conversations. Out how sometimes they're not. Like, I remember one time, I have to tell you a story real quick, and then we're going to move on. So when I used to work at the jazz club, mm-hmm. we had a white girl, redheaded white girl. You know y'all are special. <laughs> anyway, so, so she uh, was problematic, and she was really problematic, especially because she held that... Uh, that leftist viewpoint of, oh, well, I'm on the right side of things politically. And so, like, when you call me out for things, what? Like, how dare you? Because I am for blacks and gays and whatever else. Oh, the so, worst kind of white person is the, the worst one who kind, feels right? like they done been to one and a half workshops and now That's, they woke. So that was her. But she was extremely problematic at the same time. And I remember I had a Mexican co-worker. He and I were working behind the bar. And... I don't remember what the fuss was about over a particular cocktail, but I remember doing whatever I was doing at the bar and they're going back and forth. And I'm like, he's grown, like he can handle it. And then I hear her go, am I speaking English? Mm -mm, And mm -mm, I mm -mm. 
Mm-mm. flew Mm-mm. around that bar and said, Heather, let me speak to you back in this hallway for a second. Let me just talk. Let me Come talk here. to you back in this hallway for Come like here. a quick hot second. And we went back in the hallway and I said, what in your lily ass white mind ever makes you think that it's okay for you to speak to somebody, especially of immigration status and say something to them like, do, am I speaking English? I said, do you know how fucking bigoted that sounds do you know how fucking crazy you sound and what happens she starts crying i mean bawling tears and so it it didn't end up being productive and then later on in the in the same shift i go into the reservation office to get something and she's in there talking to her boyfriend on the phone bawling tears she's so mean she i said oh i'm mean i'm mean because you said some wild fucking shit to your mexican co-worker you asked your Mexican coworker if you were speaking English, but I mean, I said, you'll stay on the phone with your boyfriend <laughs> and flood this office with your tears. <laughs> oh, Lord. Do it. And that was, that was <laughs> a conversation where I had to hold somebody accountable who wasn't productive. But <laughs> so sometimes, sometimes out. it's not going to be. You can't determine what the outcome of the conversation is going to be. But we've got we've got to call these people out for their bullshit. Yes, That's indeed. just what it is. I was gonna say there's calling out versus canceling. There's also calling mm-hmm. in versus calling out. And so some some things require us to call out, sort of to just identify and acknowledge and sort of state this is not okay, what has happened. And sort of mm-hmm. and then there are conversations where it's like, this is not okay, this is why. Um, and this is what we can do to sort of do better. So I think, mm-hmm. you know, circumstances will call for different responses. And sometimes in the moment, you just sort of make the dis- the best decision that you can. But all of that to say, we, I feel like we seem to have gotten away from sort of calling things things and sort of rushing to cancellation as the yeah. only way of sort of communicating a message. And in this instance, even though I don't drink, I, <laughs> I believe that there is an opportunity for somebody to address the root of this issue and just how violent and dangerous and problematic it is against mm-hmm. a population that has that has literally been your sustaining lifeblood like professionally. Mm-hmm. If all black women in the world said we will never buy another Drake album, it would never be, an, it wouldn't be no more Drake. That's just it the wouldn't. bottom line. <laughs> it wouldn't. I'm like, cause let's, as much as you, the, you are trying to get the accept, acceptance of the niggas around you, Drake, they're not going to keep you afloat. So you might want to tread lightly. Period. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I love the term calling in makes me laugh. I'm not going to lie. Because <laughs> it's like, it's so Ian look. It's like, we've got to call in. I'm like, no, call these niggas out. Out. There's O-U-T and there's O-W-T. <laughs> Woo, calling in is a skill that we have to learn. Okay. Calling out can sometimes just become very natural. Come very naturally for some of us. You know, that's my state of yes. being. Yes. But <laughs> that is Jade's but, natural state of being. It is my natural state of being. Y'all know, y'all know, y'all know what you're getting. <laughs> you know what you're getting. But we have a uh, we have a sponsored 
and wonderful shout out segment brought to you by Target and the Black Beyond Measure campaign and the fire trucks in the background. Um, and so we're going to head on over in that direction. Let's recap this episode three, sis, of Bet on Black Let's featuring our brother Dustin Ross. Let's do it. My sis is popping right now. Like. This week's shout out to my sis segment is sponsored by Illuminating Intersectionality a new three-part video series brought to you by Target's Black Beyond Measure platform and hosted by Fran of Hey Fran Hey and of the Friend Zone podcast, Chef Jade of All Jades, and Dr. Takia Robinson of the Getting Grown podcast. <laughs> Never heard of it. This of series it. features dynamic discussions about identity, power, and intersectionality as a tool for honoring the beautiful complexity of black womanhood. Conversations cover topics such as race, class, and socioeconomic status, education, food and food access, cultural expression, and so much more. In addition, brilliant black woman-owned companies like Minted Cosmetics, Essie Spice, and Partake Foods are also highlighted. Check out the first episode of Illuminating Intersectionality at youtube.com slash loudspeakersnetwork right now. Join the conversation via a live Twitter chat with hosts, Fran of Hey Fran Hey, and us, Dr. Takia <laughs> Robinson and Chef Jade of All Jades. Featuring Target founders KJ Miller of Minted Cosmetics, Essie Bartels of Essie Spice, and Denise Woodard of Partake Foods, plus some of your favorite black women's social media personalities like Crystal West, Sylvia Obell, Scotty Beam, and Jasmine Lawson. Make sure to follow and use the hashtags IIBBM and hashtag Black Beyond Measure to share your perspectives. Welcome. What a what a what an intro. Okay. What, Welcome back. What now. an intro. I mean, I never heard of those ladies, but they sound both brilliant. Don't they and sound beautiful. fantastic? I might want to be friends. They might I they might want to be friends like with good, them. Good people and they so. sound like a good time, don't they? That Chef Jade, though, she sounds like a tricky one. Anyway. <laughs> uh, oh, we are back yes, with Bet are. on Black episode three recap. Okay, so let's let's just go ahead and get into the episode, let's shall we? Should we just it. dive right in? Dive right in. Um, we are already familiar with who the judges are, but just in case this is your first time listening, Pinky Cole of Slutty Vegan. Ron Brown, VP of Community Impact at Target. We have guest judge two times in a row, Latoya Luckett. Yes, indeed. And Master P, Make creator of Master yes. Crunch Cereal. Yes. <laughs> also creator of wrap snacks and... Wrap snacks all and... All kinds of novelty uh, items. Snow, snow, some uh, ice cream, Mr. Ice Cream Man. <laughs> um, but anyway, last week, uh, remember that Sugar Dough... Walked away with third place in 5K. Mm -hmm. Second place was Guilty Grape. They walked away with 10K. Yes, indeed. In first place, it was the Lab Drawer who walked away with 20K and advancing uh, the opportunity to advance to the finals along with LA Beauty Club. Absolutely. So let's get into this week. Sister, you want to start us off? Yeah. I mean, we had uh, the next three semifinalists pitched to the panel of judges. This week mm -hmm. we had um, Kalila Wright of Mess in a Bottle. Um, and 
Uh, heck yeah. Heck yeah. Holding it down for Baltimore. <laughs> for Baltimore. Yeah. As you can see, I am a, a, a rocking my mess in a bottle. Yes, mm. you are. Sweat Let shirt. Torn between eating a snack and, and being a, a snack. snack. I mean, it is <laughs> really. That's right. It, that is a message that I not only resonated with me, but I and my behind can get behind. You understand? Okay. <laughs> I do love me some mess in a bottle. She has phenomenal sayings and quotes and things to empower and uplift us as a people and she really did an excellent job of showing that in her um in her presentation heck yes um we also had uh barlow foods of atlanta georgia uh i would love to know your impressions of barlow foods it is it is a new age pancake mix, if you will, all organic, all uh, yeah. you know, privately sourced. It is the lux luxurious pancake mix that we all deserve, um, and it is uh, you know, I love what I loved about this brand is the connection that it had um, to veterans um, yes. awareness, building awareness around yes. veterans. Um, the disparities and the hardship that a lot of our veterans are facing, particularly veterans of color. Um, yes. And I really enjoyed it, you know, and I, I just love it was organic, unbleached, whole ingredients. Um, and I just would Pancake love to hear what Chef Jade, like what were your initial impressions? It, it made me want to buy myself a bag. Not well, I like the presentation Heck first yes. and foremost. I think I like how the bag looks. You know what I'm saying? I love that she's honoring her grandfather and what he did in his farming and taking that, you know, to the to the next steps because that's what we're supposed to do. That's how we honor our ancestors. And so I thought that was beautiful. Um, they said peach cobbler syrup. Listen, you know, my ears perked. And I said, <laughs> where do I sign? Where do I sign? I was just, I was, I got all the ideas. I was like, oh my God, with fresh slathered peaches and we can just, oh, it would just be so Listen. delicious. Just, just a hint of nutmeg because you don't want to do too much. Um, and I love the fact that it is a three in one where she said you can batter your chicken. Yes. You can make waffles. You can make pancakes. You can do, you make biscuits. You can do so many things with it. And um, but it's not branded as a three in one. Right. And so that was I thought bit. it was awesome that the judges gave her that gave her that advice. Um, but I'm the uh, the founder. Her name is Tiffany. She's based in Atlanta, yeah, Georgia. Um, mm -hmm. the, the product is named and inspired for her grandfather, Arthur yep. Barlow Harris. And, you know, as, mm -hmm. as a granddaddy's girl myself, it especially resonated with me. I understand what that connection is all about. Also. And so, um, you know, he was a father of five and a grandfather of six, a great grandfather of many more. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, he started out uh, in the army. And went mm -hmm. on uh, after leaving the military to become a farmer. And he was mm -hmm. really responsible for, for birthing. Or she attributes a lot of her her uh, sort of cooking expertise and, um, mm -hmm. you know, her love for being in the kitchen to, to spending time with her grandfather. And that just resonated with me, her maternal grandfather. Um, and I love that, you know she's funneling her proceeds and also using her Absolutely. platform to amplify um, the uh, uh, veterans um, and, and using um, and partnering with organizations like mm -hmm. Feed Our Vets and, and other uh, organizations really uh, um, that are designed to amplify, you know, mm -hmm. issues of food scarcity um, 
amongst amongst especially that within that vet and yeah that veteran community. So I thought it was really awesome. I really liked the aspect too of it being small batch. Mm-hmm. I know the judges had some concern with that as far as distribution is concerned. Um, and I and in 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 all honesty, when you are trying to go on a scale such as a target or so forth then there are going to have to be some changes in allotments that you're going to have to make. Sure. Um, and then that's a decision that you make, right? Mm-hmm. If you want to keep your company as a small batch, you know, you know, we know every Specialty, ingredient that's yeah. going into every bag. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but then that's another lane that you go down. You yeah. know what I mean? So I really, um, I really stand behind what she has. I think it's awesome. I think it would be great to be able to go in and purchase a black owned pancake mix uh, you know, and not, not our, you know, quintessential Bisquick or whatever the mm-hmm. case um, and support a business that supports us. Uh, so I was really I really was feeling her a lot. And that again, that peach cobbler syrup just made it just made my tingles tingle. It you was know giving say less. It was giving it really was. It really where, was like, let's go. Let's where, go. Where, how can I be so. a part of this? Please. And thank you. Thank you so much. So can't wait to link Tiff. Uh, yes. Next up, we have Brianna Arps of Mudo, Mudo out of Atlanta, y'all. Georgia. Mm-hmm. Mudo is um, a luxury fragrance line that was created by Brianna in her kitchen. Uh, October 2018, she was working in media and mm-hmm. she lost her job. Um, a story that so many of us can relate to, which then put her in a bit of a depression. And it was her love of fragrance that had her keep going, you know what I'm saying? And so she got started and she said that it took her 10 times to get the recipe together, you know? So that shows you the dedication that people have to put in and making sure that the product that they have is something that they want to, that they want to sell to you. Mm-hmm. And she made 6K in three hours when she launched, which is awesome. So she also is a granddaddy's girl, which yes. I found to be endearing this whole episode. I was like, this is just making my heart happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the intention behind her brand. She said her brand links scent, memory, and emotion. Mm-hmm. Hence the term mood. And then she did a play on Eau de Parfum, mm-hmm. Mudo. Um, it's a clean fragrance. It's oil-based. And I, her packaging was so beautiful. Her packaging was stunning. I love that. Could have been a Sephora. Yes. And I love that. Um, she really did her research, especially around her demographic of, you know, sort of pitching towards millennials and um, older yep. Gen Z folk. And uh, mm-hmm. really, I, I love that she, in her pitch, talked about learning about what needs and desires the population had around since. And she talked about yes. things, you know, being long lasting and, and um, mm-hmm. sort of being body chemistry based things being non-gender specific. And she's, and mm-hmm. she made all of these customizations to Mado. And I think that speaks yes. to her success. Um, I think she is really onto something. And it was honestly in the judge's deliberation, it, things kind of got a little, little, little tight did they got right? a little spicy the panels was the panel was split between Mado yeah. and mess in a bottle when it came down to who actually uh deserved to move on to the final round um absolutely and so i i thought it was like okay because i think that's which speaks- justifiably so yes we didn't even get into how mess in a bottle um said she wanted to kalila yes. wanted to put uh vending machines in different like concert halls yes. and i love that she had a plan i thought and that told was really judges, creative yeah she had a plan and told the judges right up front this is what i'm going to use the money for 
Um, yep. You know, I've made money, you know, uh, distributing T-shirts, selling T-shirts online. I have a storefront. Um, mm-hmm. And we've had our ups and downs trauma, with that. I've gone trauma. I got robbed. Yes. We've had our ups and downs mm-hmm. with that. Um, we've bounced back. But I think that she's thinking about how to take her business to the next level beyond the storefront and beyond the selling online. And I really do believe that she's onto something in terms of these vending machines. Because let me tell you what. Especially for concerts and events, yep. nobody wants to stand online at concessions. And nobody, nobody wants to stand online anywhere. Nobody wants to stand <laughs> online anywhere. We love the instant gratification and the vending machines, especially the technology that's available today. They can be very sleek, very uh, you know, clean and giving really high end luxury. And I think um it yep. really is it really it really shows her ingenuity next level thinking in terms of like okay this is how i'm going to continue to expand my brand um and my message and and spread my Mm -hmm. messages uh you know throughout throughout the world so loved loved to see that love to see that I i thought that was really awesome and like you said the judges were very split i have to say because master p I was like, when he tried to flex on everybody, Master P said, said, first of all, when he said, Mudo, how you said Mudo, like Papa Do, I yes. said, Uncle P, Uncle Percy. I said, you can't now even his help Louisiana yourself. just fell right out. Like fell Papa right Do. Papa Do. I yes. was like, of all the things, though. And then he said, to, while they were in deliberation, he said, I done sold more product like, than all of you. And I stopped and I stopped for a second. I said, well, Ron Brown works for Target. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> and I said, I said, you know, I said, and does that mean that we ought to listen to you? Like, does yes. that mean that you, does that mean that you get to yeah. make this decision for everyone? Is that mm-hmm. what that Pinky means? Pinky was like, oh, okay, well, let me just sit back then. Let me just sit back. <laughs> but he did have valid arguments about. Seeing Mudo on the shelves, I also, I Heck like yeah. I said, I could see Mudo in in so many different high in end Sephora, stores. Down I can see to the Mudo Ulta, in, I can see it. Okay, mm-hmm. and then you go down to the Target. You know, you get a few luxury, like mm-hmm. when you go in the cases and things mm-hmm. like that. Things from Target, and so she has really clean packaging, and it was, it was, it, it was evident why it was a hard decision. But in the end, in the end, Barlow Foods came in third place. Uh, with a five walking away with five k, the judges told her what we said: make it a three and one. Like, switch that up and market this as a three and one, and you will see how this will grow. I was you a little tickled. Other me, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I was Mm-mm. a little tickled, especially when um, um, uh, Latoya was like ten dollars for. <laughs> she was like ten dollars. <laughs> I didn't, that didn't make me, I didn't mix. feel any way about that because of all of the clean ingredients that she said she puts in and it. And that's what she Pinky sure. said. And I was like, you know yeah. what? I mean, I'm to be honest, like. How much the biscuit cost? Like like, I don't really like, feel like the price now? point is outrageous. I don't, I know that we've come a long way and biscuit is no longer $3 a box. <laughs> I think Latoya, maybe she doesn't do her own grocery shopping. I was like, has, okay, well, Bisquick is a little... Mm-hmm. You know, maybe somebody does the shop, and she's just, maybe she's remembering, like, 1996, when maybe pancake batter <laughs> was, like, $4, but... Especially if it, if everything is unbleached, organic, vegan, like, you know, it's yeah. not... Yeah, it's, it's, and you know what's going in your food. Not you, refined, you get quality, absolutely. You pay for quality, so... 
Um, I was tickled as well, though. I'm I not going to lie. Okay. I did laugh. But yes, I'm sorry. In second place. Second no, place. you're fine, sis. Mudo. Yeah. She walked away with 10K. Um, and in first place was Miss Kalila with Mess in a Bottle uh, walking away with 20K and the opportunity to move on to the finals to win $200,000 in the end. So I'm excited, actually. Like, And I'm excited for all three of these. I'm excited for all the brands that we've seen so far. I, I love guess. that we're getting to meet all of these different makers and artisans and and creatives in so many in so many different ways. I think it's awesome that this platform amplifies their businesses alone, and we we get yes. exposure to that. And, and then to be I able get to see to, how this uh, follow all of these mm-hmm. people online and patronize their products, things that exactly. I didn't know about. Like Barlow Fruits is up right now is only available in the Atlanta area. Um, like in local okay. stores, but I do believe that you can order online. Um, and yes. I saw on her website that she's running some Black Friday sales. Um, I'll be on time for that. On time for that. <laughs> I will be on time for because that. Because the Christmas pancakes are not going to make themselves. I'm ready for some Mudo because, you know, I I, too. I'm getting into my sense. Yes. And yes, indeed. I have to support this packaging. And her outfit. Can we talk about the outfit? I like her shades. Second? Her frames were very nice. Her frames, this cute leather top. Okay. These wide leg jeans. Yes. I was like, mama is giving me what I need to be given on today. I'm really grateful for this. And per usual, we had our brother Dustin Ross up there doing an amazing job hosting with his very moisturized lips. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that Dustin said Mudo like my grandfather would have said it. Yeah. <laughs> Mudo. He was like, Mudo. We got Mudo coming in. I'm like, Dustin is really, really hanging on He's this so first syllable. We got Mudo coming through with the pitch. I said, if he don't sound like my Dida, I'll pay for it. <laughs> Give me energy, Dustin Ross. <laughs> So I am excited to see how this all turns out and to see who's getting ready to come up next. We have next week, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Make sure you tune into Revolt TV and then check right back on over here on Getting Grown for the recap. Absolutely. Where we discuss the next three brands and make sure you stick around because we're definitely going to be covering these finals as well. Heck yes. Once again, this week's shout out to my sis is sponsored by Illuminating Intersectionality, a new three-part video series brought to you by Target's Black Beyond Measure platform and hosted by Fran of Hey Fran Hey and the Friend Zone podcast, Chef Jade of All Jades and Dr. Takia Robinson of the Get and Grown podcast. Check out the first episode of Illuminating Intersectionality at youtube.com slash loudspeakers network right now. It's available right now. Give it a watch. Episode one. All right, Jade and I are very excited because we can finally share <laughs> what we've been working on for the last, wow, year, year, over a year, <laughs> honestly. But yes, actually, if you've been paying attention and following along on the socials um, and even listening to some of your favorite podcasts, you know that uh, Jade, myself, and our sister, Franiqua, had the opportunity to do a three-part video series called Illuminating Intersectionality. And episode one premiered this week, Monday, yes. November 7th at 6 p.m. And this is a very special project for us because it is sort of 
our, I'd like to think of it as our gift um, to the culture because Mm -hmm. for so long, um, as we've talked about, even in our trash segment, no one looking out for black women. And that's sort of been, um, you know, the way that the, of the world throughout history, Mm -hmm. um, who we are is often, um, minimized, marginalized, misappropriated, misrepresented, Mm -hmm. misinterpreted, um, in so many, uh, palpable ways. Um, and we've not often had the space to sort of, Mm -hmm reclaim our time shout out to auntie maxine mm-hmm. and and tell okay. our own stories tell our own stories and really tell them in ways that highlight all of the dimension and nuance and complexity of what it means to be a black woman in america mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and illuminating mm-hmm. intersectionality is dope because it sort of uses the concept and framework of intersectionality as a tool for us to sort of have some common language in unpacking and discussing our experiences um, and our identities through the lens of power and societal system structures, policies, practices that Mm -hmm. have often uh, overlooked us, um, Mm -hmm. failed us, et cetera, Mm -hmm. et cetera. And Mm -hmm. so this three-part series, um, sort of deals with identity um, while highlighting um, our stories and the origin stories and amazing work of awesome founders and creators that have partnered yes. with Target um, to sort of promote and sell their their brands um, mm-hmm. and their and their. Um, services and resources out in the larger marketplace and it's just been a beautiful gift I think to me I'll say it's a mm-hmm. it's been a gift to me and I like to think of it as a gift for all of us to sort of just give us some time and space to sort of think about who we are what mm-hmm. we're doing how we can do things differently yes uh, moving forward and so mm-hmm. episode one premiere tonight is how do you feel I feel like the doctor did an incredible <laughs> job. That's not what you were supposed to say. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the doctor did an incredible job in opening, uh, I think you did beautiful in opening the conversation, uh, identifying what uh, what intersectionality really means. Um, intersectionality is a really academic term. Uh, it's not a term that we grew up using. Yeah. It's not a term that we grew up hearing uh, in our households and in our society. And so to be able to have language um, to put to our experiences is is really comforting. And so to have somebody like yourself in my circle to be able to expose me to some of that language that I might not otherwise be exposed to, I think is great. Um, and then we have that thread of being black women with experiences of intersectionality where we can talk from yeah. a life's standpoint. And um, yeah, I thought it was a really great opening to this to the series because you have to do de- you have to define something before you're able to really talk about it. 
And I think that you did a beautiful job of that. And then being able to transition and speak about your experience, which we've talked about uh, openly very often on Getting Grown, which I think is a very important experience. Mm -hmm. It's spoken to a community of women who have not, um, and people who have not been seen um, in that particular field. And I think you've given a lot of voice to a community that's felt othered within this uh, yeah. within this uh, larger organization. So I thought the first episode, I really enjoyed it. Um, and I'm excited to be able to continue to unfold because yeah. I think that the conversations really flow into each other Absolutely. very nicely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think the episodes build on one another very beautifully. They, be- they scaffold beautifully because... Um, my my intention or our intention because this is something mm-hmm. that we've you know co-designed co-produced the three of us and our mm-hmm. intention was as you said to really start at the beginning in terms of defining what this term really is because intersectionality mm-hmm. is sort of an academic heady term that's sort of the the term itself was sort of published and became came uh to um, sort of public awareness through mm-hmm. uh, academic work um, at the hands of, of you know, the scholar and, and legal uh, legal scholar and activist and pr- academic Kimberly Crenshaw, mm-hmm. who who um, sort of to- coined the term in the late 80s, early 90s. But its underpinnings and origins run deep into the discourses and political traditions of black feminist scholars and activists dating mm-hmm. as far back as, as the 1890s. And over time, like most things that black women originate, right? People mm-hmm. love to sort of copy paste and, and broadly apply it because it's good. It's useful. It works, right? But, Absolutely. you know, it's broad application to other identity groups has sort of resulted in its sort of dilution and co-opting and misuse and misappropriation, um, especially in recent years as you know Mm -hmm. it's become more trendy in society to sort of have these conversations about inclusion and social justice um Mm -hmm. we we have you know some of us have gotten some things have sort of gotten ahead of themselves and sort of um you know intersectionality has just sort of been applied as this blanket tool for understanding the way that all identities intersect and uh, mm-hmm. that's not it. That's not what it was designed or intended to do. And so we wanted to really just bring it back home to black women in a way that highlighted the black women, uh, thinkers, scholars, activists that mm-hmm. uh, have been embodying this work for centuries and those who are continuing to build upon and publish it today, um, but also not sort of limit its use and discourse to just the academic spaces when in actuality black women are everywhere and and it yes. and we are we are both <laughs> black and women in a world that likes to order and rank and have us to prioritize one or the other yes. but we're, we're always both and so that exists and shows up in every walk of life, in every industry, in every social class, in every space. And so mm-hmm. why not talk about how those things show up as it relates to the everyday lives and livelihoods of women? And so it well, was... Well, I think it's necessary and yeah. important for us to talk about it and have these conversations because... 
we find solace in each other. Yeah. And in the communities of and pockets of each other that we find. And so a lot of times, too, when we end up in other communities, for whatever reason, whether it be work or school or family or whatever, um, we can feel very isolated yes. at times. And there's always a solace when you find, there's always that familiarity, yes. right? And so to be able to have those conversations, especially for those who might feel othered or might feel uh, extremely isolated in their experiences, but they're able to get this on a virtual level in a community aspect, I think that's one of my most favorite parts of doing this. Yes, and it's so, because we can be isolated, it's easy for us to think that we're the only ones going through this. But to know mm-hmm. that you are not the only one, but you are you are automatically by default a part of a community, a larger community of people who share this experience and mm-hmm. give it that I've also given some tools and, and tips and strategies and perspectives that really help you mm-hmm. to sort of figure out how to make it through this the the, the challenging, difficult parts of of our existence and really sort of band together to support each other in the ways yep. that that work and matter and so um i love this opportunity and and i mean i say all the time um but i put it when i posted this on my linkedin page i, I went back and forth about whether or not i was going to do that um mm-hmm. but i decided today to go ahead and do it because i've always aspired to be the kind of academic who has impact within and beyond the academy I mean, one of the things that I don't like about academic work is that I feel like we only talk to each other when Mm -hmm. there are so many people who can inform and benefit from the work that we do. And so for that reason, um, I thought that this is a great way to sort of demonstrate that I know that we shouldn't be intimidated by these larger I don't even want to say larger by these words Mm -hmm. that are often thrown around in academic spaces, but know that just your existence as a black woman is woman (laughs) is the Mm -hmm. actual embodiment of intersectionality. So it's not anything that you can't understand. It is who you are. No, it is. It is who you are. Um, And so just wanted to make that clear to people and let them know that they can connect to and benefit from all of this great work that's being done or that's been done um, mm-hmm. by, you know, amazing people, giants. Like, you know, we mentioned folks in the show, but, the, the you know, even think about the women of the Kambahi River Collective. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I talk about Mary Church Terrell and Anna Julia Cooper. Those are sort of the foremothers, but, you know, black feminists like Polly Murray and Frances Beale and... Um, you know, we talked about Brittany Cooper on the show, but thinking about yes. the Crunk Feminist Collective as sort of like a new age, uh, you know, people have compared them Look to at the, the combined, intersection of that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but also thinking about like, you know, uh, I talked about Lori Patton Davis, uh, Jessica Harris, Shayla Haynes Davidson, all of these people who have been thinking and, and even some, you know, men. I, I know that there are male scholars mm-hmm. even in the higher ed space and yes. other spaces that pull, Dr. Leonard Taylor. Yes, um, people who pull on and call on and mm-hmm. acknowledge intersectionality as a tool and framework is so critical and so important. And these are not spaces. I know that, you know, folks think, well, I don't study that, so I can't read that. And it's just not, it's just not true. 
um, you know, yep. people and like. And I love oh. that you're doing that. Yeah. I love that all of you all in this academic space actually, if, most of the, not most, but some of the the women who were on the uh, In Our Mother's Garden documentary mm-hmm. were mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. academics. Um, you know, like you said, Brittany, uh, yourself, uh, Dr. Friesbrit, who was on yes. the other week, Dr. Bridget Turner Kelly, yes. all of these women, Dr. Lori Patton Davis, mm-hmm. like all of these women that I have been blessed to be introduced to through you in the lens of your your academia is aw- awesome. Coming up, black academics did have a certain stigma. For you sure. Know what I'm saying? And and when they got together, they wore their their jeans <laughs> and their in their white socks and their loafers and their button-up shirts and they sat around and talked about how they didn't you know why they were better and smarter than everybody else in society (laughs) and it was it was very like love jones meeks academia (laughs) and it was very exclusionary (laughs) and i love that these spaces are being created because this is not just an academic conversation this is a conversation for all of us and i think what you said um often on the show where you said, I do this work because somebody got to have a seat at the table because we got to come back and and carry that information. You got to carry that back to the village. So I I love that all of this, all of your work still ties into who we are as black women and it benefits us. And that's what we have to remember when we're judging each other's differences to look at our differences and our different life experiences and realize how much they enrich in us Mm -hmm. as a community. You know what I'm saying? And as a people. And so, I love like, I'm like this was the episode where I tried to sort of like you said um, lay the fra- lay the foundation, give us some common language. But moving forward, we get to talk about these things in practice. Like Fran is going to get to um, you know the intersections of class, race, and gender, yes. and thinking yes. through you know um, you know different cultural differences and how that has shaped her experiences. Um, and, and you talk about what I love about your episode is that you sort of come in and think about food as a cultural expression, but also thinking mm-hmm. about the ways in which um, society has used food and access to food to sort of uphold racial uh, stratification um, and, and the ways in which we are marginalized and have been systemically oppressed. Um, and yes. so in, in all of these things are like, you know, this is these this is our everyday lives. This is not about having, you know, a certain level of education to understand. But it's like, you know, we all talk about, you know, think about growing up, you know, how close were you to actual fresh produce? Um, mm-hmm. you know, growing up, like, was it, was it something that was accessible to you and your community? Why right. or why not? Did you all right? have to travel to the good supermarket? Like, what was your experience with that? Um, and that's this important conversation because, and what I, what that the, I think the pro and con mm-hmm. of this, if I have to say anything is that we only have a certain amount of time that we're yeah. able to talk about these yeah. things. So it's in a very truncated type of yeah. way. But I really want to expound and get into um, the effects of how these things really have taken a toll on our sexuality yeah. and how we show up in society. And we didn't get to get as much into that as I would have loved to get into it. But also... The beautiful thing is that these conversations that we curated were 
are, are, are just a starting point. Just a starting point. Not even point. a starting point because somebody else has started the conversations. Yeah. They're a continuation and yeah. we want them to continue on. I, I think what I love about it is that, you know, it, it, it sort of shows the utility of this platform because, you mm-hmm. know, us having these conversations sort of bridge bridges the practical and the digital and sort of gives folks access. It, it expands our access in like exponential mm-hmm. ways. The fact that, mm-hmm. you know, we're able to sort of sit and discuss these things over digital social media platforms, I think is an awesome gift. Um, Absolutely. Because it, 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 you know, allows parents and, um, you know, K-12 teachers, accountants, folks who are negotiating corporate America, uh, so fo- folks who are negotiating, you know, public health systems or our healthcare providers in certain ways. All of these things show up mm-hmm. in these lives, in, in, in our lives and livelihoods. But we don't all we don't ever get the opportunity to come together and benefit from one another's experience and perspective in this way. But the Internet helps us to sort of bridge that gap. And it really is an awesome gift. And I hope that this continues to uh, generate opportunities for us to to talk about all of these ways, all of the ways that these things sort of make manifest in in our lives. For sure. Absolutely. For sure. Absolutely. So I'm 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 excited. I'm proud of us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited excited that you guys get to take part in these conversations with us. I'm excited. because we put a lot of hard work into this friend really did her thing on the on the directorial side um kia really did her thing on the on that on the references and this in the sightings um and then you know i came through and and put my jade touch on you know jade's (laughs) always gonna come through with no but i do think you and you always i don't like that you sort of belittle your contribution in that way sis but i do think that you have a very sort of practical real real life real like i think throughout your life you've you've worked jobs you've you're a parent i I think that you sort of bring the practical the lived in experience um that that is the beautiful marriage you know like you like if i'm the theory you're the practice (laughs) like in so so many ways um (laughs) you know and i think no that's fair i think that it it is we we need that as well because there are more people who will connect to you than that would connect to to me and there are more people that there are people that will connect to Fran that wouldn't connect to either of us in in a particular Mm -hmm. way and so having all of us at the table is critical um, for a number of reasons. Um, And so I'm excited to sort of, to, to see how this conversation continues to build. One thing I want y'all to do, I hope that you, if you haven't checked it out, I really hope that you um, take a look at episode one this week, episode two and three will come um, on November 14th and November 21st. Um, yes. but we actually worked really hard to make this a conversation. We have discussion mm-hmm. questions. We're having Twitter chats every Monday cause we really want to hear from, from you. Um, mm-hmm. we really want you to sort of add in your thoughts and ideas cause it's not just ours. Okay. We're not Absolutely. sort of like, um, we're not like, a gurus or you know 
influencers in the conventional way that social media will have you think about you know campaigns like this but Mm -hmm. i like to see us as conveners and conversation starters for yes conversations that really need to be facilitators yes we need to be these are the conversations that we need to have and we hope that our conversation models the kinds of conversations that you can have with with your girlfriends and your other moms in your parent group and other people that be at the barbershop or the hairdresser or choir rehearsal i don't know wherever we get together perfect that's exactly what we want we wanted to bring you all our take on a barbershop conversation you know minus a little bit of the (laughs) (laughs) rah-rah That we love the rah-rah, but we save that for another setting. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> maybe at Crystal Jean's house. All things are not, but, yes. All things um, are not for public yeah, consumption. No, they're not. Not everything. It's <laughs> not for everything. everybody. But we, yes, please go and check out episode one. The link is in the description box for you to watch. Um, and and leave your comments. You know what I'm saying? Outside of like, it looks great because thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Worked hard. Okay, honey. Every bit of this project was intentional. And we'll get a little bit more into that a little bit later on. Every flower. Every, every when I tell you down to the bit of dust. Every light bulb, every eyelash. Everything. Everything had intention behind it. Um, Please know that. And we... I don't want to I don't want to give too many spoilers from Fran's episode. So we will talk more about our ecosystem and how we we worked that in episode two. So I hope that you guys come and tune in. You will come tune in and we'll be grateful to talk to you about it. November 14th, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Twitter. That's where the conversation happens. Um, And you can join us on Tuesday November 22nd, which Correct. is the week of Thanksgiving. So I know y'all would just be cooking and we'll prepping. Be so home, ain't nothing for all you to of do us but get Blanching our greens. You know what I'm saying? Getting prepared. Maybe we should cook greens again maybe together. Maybe we should. Yes, we should. Perhaps. Yes, we okay. will all be preparing our sides and things. Yes. And, and we why will not be on a live get on down to the with IG Crystal live Jean. With Crystal Jean. Yes. Jade Fran and PM, I believe, um, Eastern Standard Time. We are going to discuss all three episodes with the four sisters. Um, you know what I'm saying? I th- who would I be in the four sisters? Am I the Mark Wahlberg or am I like the Andre 3000? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, what? you get all live with the four sisters. We're going to talk about illuminating intersectionality, all three episodes. Get on Twitter. Uh, watch it with us November 7th, November 14th, November 21st. And, um, yeah, we're grateful for you all. We're grateful for everybody who's already tuned in and given such positive energy to the project. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. And now, um, I, we're actually, while we're here, we're not doing Black Women Self-Care for the next couple of weeks while you all are getting these amazing Bet on Black recaps. Oh, yes. But we will be resuming the Black Women's, or excuse me, the Honesty Box um, right after. Mm-hmm. You know, and we have about two more weeks, I believe, of Bet on Black. So make sure you're still sending your honesty box questions to gettinggrownpodcast at gmail.com. You know, especially around the holidays, we love to do a little mailback episode. So send those honesty box questions and don't forget to do that to gettinggrownpodcast at gmail.com. And we're going to hop into this self-care segment. Let's do it. One thing that happens to be my speciality, okay, 
is worrying. <laughs> I mm. have, it is something that I have excelled at for the larger duration of my life. But now I'm working towards unlearning those uh, unhealthy and unhelpful practices and learning a different way um, of approaching things. But sort of my age old uh, tendency is to focus on the problem um, and get sort of caught down in the weeds of figuring the problem out that I really don't even have the time or the capacity or bandwidth to think about solutions. Um, and, you know, it can be tough to train your brain to stay in problem solving mode, especially when you're facing a challenge in your life. But when you learn how to find your own solution, there really is no better better feeling and a therapist can help you become a problem solver making it easier to accomplish your goals no matter how big or how small and I've said it before and I will continue to say that one of the game changer aspects of therapy for me have been you know it really is just someone to help you uh, change your perspective get out of your own way to stop seeing a situation in the limited view or vantage point that you currently have and you know it's someone to help you sort of process your thoughts and and give you sort of tools for zooming out and thinking about things differently those perspectives have been those perspective changing activities have really been a game changer for me they've made all of the difference it's helped me to sort of have my feelings to honor and acknowledge them but to not let them take over my life or my capacity to move through the challenge um you know even when it seems like it is something that you know is coming down it's all encompassing it's all enclosing in um, therapy has has really been a game changer. Um, and if you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and entirely online. Get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey and switch therapists at any time. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash grown today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash grown. I deserve a My black women self care is very simple. Now, if you remember, uh, you know, let me just preface this by saying, you know, it's when when it comes to your home, your space, it's not a, a sprint; it's a marathon. Whew. It is. It is. <laughs> it takes time. Okay. Don't feel like you have to do everything at once, but you have got to break this up and do it a little bit at a time. So that being said, yeah. around last time, this time last year, I got window treatments at the house, right? I did yes. that downstairs in the office. And so mm -hmm. this, I was able to get that, pay for that. All of that is well and done and good. Mm -hmm. Now, today place the order to get the remaining window treatments for the primary bedroom and the guest room and then I will have blinds throughout my house. Now. Yay! <laughs> window treatments. I didn't know this. This was one of the the aha moments of home on, home ownership, okay? This is not anything that anybody told me. Window treatments are expensive. Hello. Oh, Did y'all hear me? Yeah. I said window boots. treatments, blinds, curtains, shades, 
drapes, whatever your variety, Rods, whatever, whatever you like. Okay, mm-hmm. you you it, it's expensive. Okay, you're not just yep. gonna be. And I mean, it is an investment because you don't want to put just anything up, right? But no, I want y'all I mean, know you I've been living those in this paper house. blinds. Two, oh. and a, two and a half years I've lived in this house with paper blinds because <laughs> it has taken no me that long to save up the coin to get the window treatments that I desire. That's okay. And so I've, I've finally been able to place my order and some sometime between November 15th and November 23rd, they will come out here and install the remaining blinds. I will Before be the free. Thanksgiving. Yes, I will be free of all paper blinds. <laughs> I can't wait to see it. God is good. <laughs> I went to Kia's house and I was like, this is gorgeous. This is beautiful. Oh my God, I'm looking all around. And then I was like, sister. Paper. When are we getting ready to From do down to the Home Depot. But they She's did like, what I needed to them to do. They do. And let me tell you something. While you're figuring it out, they are just clean and easy. Easy. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not even going to like, I, I can't really hate on it. Like they're clean and easy. It takes that, time that's just to get your are. house together. It does. It does. Especially if you're a first time homeowner like myself who moved from a very small studio apartment that's about 600 square feet into a, a three bedroom home. So I did mm-hmm. not, you know, I, it, it's taken me time to figure out yeah. first what I wanted my house to look like and then to sort of get the, the resources and the, the people in place to sort Listen. of do, you know, the service providers, all of that. It takes time. It does. Don't let these TikTok don't families let these and Instagram these families influencers fool get you. it fucked up. Okay, don't let don't let don't let them think make you think. Hello, that you gonna snap your fingers like like a like the app and furniture is supposed to appear and your mm-hmm. countertops are supposed to always have fresh flowers and so forth and so on. Like, don't let that skew your view of reality. Yes, and I have I a know, kid. Yes, and we are in an age where black women are embracing luxury. And living soft lives. And I think that's wonderful. But the fact is, okay, that some of us are not quite at the place in our lives where we can, you know, we have to be mindful about where we integrate luxury, where and how we integrate (laughs) luxury. And Mm -hmm. sometimes you have to work for things. So don't make these girls, don't have you, don't, don't let them girls have you out here feeling bad about your paper blinds. Cause I never did. No, no. No, I never no, did. <laughs> because the point was that can nobody see inside my house. Exactly. And I wanted what and I wanted. Was... I was willing to do what I had to do to get what I want. And so if that took more time, then I was okay with that. But mm-hmm. fill your home with things that you love. Be okay if it takes time for you to figure out what you love and how to afford what you love. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you can get what you want. So you can get you what you want. You know what I'm saying? So my self-care this week is I went to brunch Yay. and just like the other week. <laughs> now, I don't go to brunch a lot. The first time I went the other week was the first time in a, in a minute. Um, but I had been in the house, like I told you, all week with Noah and working. I realized that at one point I hadn't gone outside for four days mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, we've been working on this and working on pants. I think everybody should have received their orders by now. Um, 
and we have a, a rollout of a new color coming for you. I just wanted to make sure that all the original orders were fulfilled. Uh, it is one person who makes every single pair of pants. <laughs> so um, your patience has been wonderful, but I think everybody should have theirs by now. If they don't, they should be there any day. Um, but just in working on all of these different things, I, and then we had my dear friend Angie's baby shower on Saturday, mm -hmm. and I cooked for that. Um, Antoinette was a, an amazing wrangler of niggas uh, for the baby shower decorating crew and all of that. And I was exhausted. But Mary said, let's go to brunch. We deserve to get out for a few hours. We'll go early so that we can be in the house early. And remember DJ Reborn Robin? Mm -hmm. um, she was spinning at a, at a brunch spot in Brooklyn. So we just saddled on up in the Uber and went down and ate some pancakes and listened to, nice. listened to Reborn Spin. And it was a nice little outing just to have a couple of hours out of the house with some wine and some food and some coffee and stuff. And it was what I needed. It was just the right amount of time. We hung out for a little bit after and had some really nice conversation. And then everybody was home by a very decent time. You know, that's my so, kind of carrying on. You know that's right my there. kind of carrying on. I now don't want any dinner reservations after 6 o'clock. Um, but, yeah, that was that was the self-care that I needed this week. It was small, but it was, it was exactly what was necessary. So that was the self-care. But, you know, we like to end on a petty note. Let's do so it. So we're going to head on over to these peeps. On a petty note. And I want to be very responsible of the things I say to my sister. Because everybody know I can be real petty. P-E to the T-T-Y, honey, honey. It's time for the petty peeves. Um, and my peeve this week, I'm trying to see how, per how, how descriptive I want to get. Oh, Lord. I went to go pick Noah up from school, which I usually don't have to do because Tristan works there. So they mm -hmm. commute together. But he had to go somewhere after school, and so I had to go pick her up today. And they're in a new location, so it's my first time at this location. Mm -hmm. So I go, I see um, some obvious staff members from her school and some, some of the kids and stuff back in a room. So I walk back, and she's not in that particular room. And one of the staff members, she, she sees me, and she's like, oh, Noah's in the other room. I was like, okay, bet. Where's the other room? And she starts walking and doesn't say anything. And so I'm like, where's the other room? And she's like, I, that's where I'm going. And oh, I was like, oh, well, I don't read minds. <laughs> I was like, I don't read minds. I don't know that. <laughs> you know, I just like say something. Don't and my petty peeve are people who don't respond verbally and and, and oh expect gosh. you to like read minds that drives me nuts i it it literally and i i hope and maybe i've done it to somebody and i apologize sincerely if i have but i cannot stand when people do not respond verbally please do not expect that i know what the fuck you thinking or what you about to do wow because i don't that is very loud and actually dovetails very nicely because mine is just about the same. I was coming back from the movies this weekend. I went to see the one. Oh, King. 
Oh, you saw a woman king, I which I used thought was Wakanda for the longest. Bless your heart. I did. I went I to see the woman king and uh, coming back, coming out of the theater, went to pay in the parking structure, put my mm-hmm. pay ticket in. The thing would not re- re- receive. It would. It was. It said like when I put my debit card in, it would say bad card. I did it a few times. I oh. tried a few different cards. So I was like, okay, I'm going to cancel this and try the next window. I'll back out and try. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't give me back the other receipt. So I was like, okay, okay. I don't have a ticket. I don't know how I'm going to get out. And so I drive around the parking structure for a little while because I know that they have like a patrol, like security mm-hmm. sort of riding around. So I finally see the guy. I flag him down. Let my Mm -hmm. window down, explain to him what the problem is. I say, I'm trying to get out, lost my card. You know, I'm not really sure what happens now. You know, can you help me? This man looks Mm -hmm. me dead in my face, Jade, drives off. He doesn't say, follow me, come this way. Mm -hmm. Hey, girl, (laughs) cat, dog, nothing. He drives (laughs) away. And I just follow him. Like, uh-uh. I know he's not. Like, he just gonna drive away from me. Cause I'm I'm thinking, like, so what? So I he walk, he gets out of his car, walks to uh-huh. the gate, and presses the button to let me out. And then I look at him like, you wasn't gonna say nothing. Like I literally, <laughs> I literally stop the car and like look out the window, like. And so you know, I, I followed you off my own volition. Yes, because you, you said nothing, and my like, friend thank you, was like, but "Also, you could have said something." My friend was like, "Thank you." I was like, "No, don't thank him because he <laughs> did not say anything." <laughs> I was, I was. It's super bu- annoying. I was incensed, Jay. <laughs> He, I'm telling the security guard, your job is to help me. I am a woman in duress. Just say, follow me. All he had to do was say, you know, right this way. Come, you know, right this way. If you follow me, he could have said anything or he could, he could, even if he would have just said, okay, or anything, he said no words. I tell him yeah. what my problem is that I am trapped in this parking garage and he puts his foot on the gas pedal and drives away without saying anything to me. And I'm like, what a nightmare. What? I'm like, how is this okay? <laughs> Have we de-evolved this much? Yeah. That like, it is just the people who are charged with serving like it is your job to make sure that everybody in the, in this parking garage is safe that's what you're isn't that also just communicate <laughs> just communicate you. effectively i'm just it is you. infuriating it's infuriating i don't you. know we don't know what y'all are thinking you've got to communicate like it's imperative and that is another episode of Getting Grown. Thank you yes, so much you for so tuning much. in and listening week after week. We're super grateful for you all. Thank you for tuning in to Illuminating Intersectionality. Thank you for tuning in to Bet on Black. Yes. 
And sister, take them out and tell them what to do. Absolutely. Make sure that you are constantly moisturizing your mind by worrying about the business that is yours and yours alone. Make sure that you are moisturizing your insides by drinking as much of of the Lord's water as you can ingest safely. And finally, you want to moisturize (laughs) your skin. Why, sis? Because your black will absolutely crack if you're anything like Stacey Dash. Correct. Have a good day <laughs> or evening or night or whatever time whatever you're listening time to this it program. Is. Bye, y'all.